Hi, my name is Eric. And I'm Shalila, and this is Watching You Still Are, the podcast. About recording movies? Oh, there's more to that. Um, you know, about, about <laughs> films and their place in our culture. Or their place where they used to be in our culture from the future now. And where they have will be also. Right. So this is the beginning of our podcast and also the end. Yeah. So just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I think we kind of dove through a lot of topics there. So I hope so that you know, there was something in it for you. So going to continue to talk. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we have for sure will be talking about many things that we for sure went through and also will be going through. How long can we have dual audio tracks going <laughs> before people riot? <laughs> well, you uh, could have supported us right now in the future on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash AYSW. Uh, you could also find us on uh, Twitter at AYSWpod. Um, you could have and you will in the past. Uh of course, I've also recently learned, Shalila, did we talk about this last time? I, I've never bothered to pay attention to like the concept of rating podcasts, but apparently it's very important. <laughs> so, you did mention this last uh, time. Honestly, if you uh, uh, would like to support our podcast and try to understand what the hell is going on at the beginning of this one, because I know right now you're sitting there going, what is going on? Uh you could give us a rating on iTunes, I assume on Spotify. I've never checked. Um, probably Stitcher. Could be. <laughs> Could be Google Podcasts. I'm not sure, but you could. We're on all those places. So, or we, we will been, be on all and those we places. Will be. We have been. We in will all those have. Places. Be, be. We will have been. <laughs> yeah, we will have been. That's the one. Right? Isn't that what he said? That's it. Yeah. So, if you feel confused, then you're in the right state of mind to listen to today's episode on the 2020 film Tenet. Uh, which is currently on HBO Max here in the U.S. Uh, and I'm sure other places, other places. Yeah, it's factually accurate. About <laughs> factually as accurate, accurate as the amount anyone is likely yeah. to understand from this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, 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 that nonsensical opening that you just heard uh, is actually pretty... I actually think that's a pretty good like summary of the movie. Uh, if you felt confused about why there was different tenses and why we were doing things at the same time for components. Uh, that's because that's what the movie is. That's the entire movie. For two and a half hours, by the way. That is a yep. a beast of a movie. And I like I don't I'm not bothered by long movies as a general concept. Bollywood, a little bit famous for this. I love the Lord of the Rings extended cuts. Like you can sit me down in front of something for three hours, four hours. I'm good. But it has to be worth it. It has to like be paced such that I want to be there for four hours. <laughs> Uh, yes. this two and a half hour movie felt like it was very long. It really did. And that's because every 10 minutes you needed the brain power of one hour of normal movie watching. So by the end, you were just yeah. possibly sitting there for a day thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a good point. I kind of like that way to like, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a rendering time. Like it's, uh, it's, it's the opposite of what happens or what people claim happens when they get in like a car wreck and time slows down. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> Your brain has to process way more information and it ends up just slowing down time perceived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of slowing down time, you could be Matthew McConaughey floating through infinite bookshelves in a wormhole. Oh, God. Or you could watch Tenet. So I'll give you is a that choice our, there. Is Interstellar our greatest deviation on movies? 
I mean, I'm happy if it is. Don't you like Interstellar a lot? I love Interstellar. I can't stand Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, I, I'm the minority on that too. Most people I know are really into that movie. And I mean, I'm, I'm not so going to say it, it doesn't hurt me because it hurts me. And we should yeah. talk about it. We should. At some point. But not in this episode because we will have already talked about it. So <laughs> Tenet. Uh, it's a 2020 movie starring, uh, John David Washington and Robert Pattinson and... Tall Elizabeth Debicki. That really tall gal. Yep, Elizabeth Debicki. Thank you. <laughs> the minute she showed up, I was like, wait, isn't that the girl that, uh, Shalila really likes? <laughs> the minute she showed up, I was like, She's it's just not the one so tall. That Shalila's really into, uh, who I'm like vaguely aware of, but I kind of forget about. Yeah, that was her. Uh, also starring... Probably most confusing, Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get back to him. Uh, so this movie is Christopher Nolan's latest film. And I believe, to my understanding, it is part of a spiritual series which began with Inception. So Inception, Interstellar, and now Tenet. Um each of them kind of being these sort of, you know, spiritual siblings in what they are doing or what they're about or the filmmaking techniques, those kind of things. They're not actually related, although uh, there were interesting fan theories that I read about, like, this is actually the same world as Inception. And you can tell because there's a building one time. Um, But just to kind of get a sense of what this movie is like, uh, the actual plot follows oh good god john david washington's character who never has a name uh i believe he is just called the protagonist in the movie yes however i kept seeing online people call him peter i think or paul (laughs) and i couldn't figure out where their names i couldn't figure out where they were getting it from is it in i didn't see it in the credits i think he's just called the protagonist yeah he for sure is maybe they thought it was funny Maybe. Maybe that's just like what people call him. For, it's not for, funny. Like, Nothing is funny about this movie. Protagonist. I'll start there. I did no, not really laugh. Not. There's literally no so comedy in the whole movie. Um, anyway, the plot follows John David Washington's character, who is called the protagonist, uh, uh, which should already give you an idea of what we're getting into here, uh, and basically follows him as a CIA operative who ends up being uh, uh, seemingly killed in the field. Uh, and after waking up out of a coma, is inducted into this um, larger conspiracy and world involving not time travel, but time dilation, in which there are basically opposing forces who are all manipulating the flow of time, forward or backward, in order, as in, like, normal forward or traveling backwards through time in order to accomplish ends and gain technologies and eventually blow up the world. And honestly, it it has virtually the same plot as any James Bond movie you've ever seen. It just involves a little more time travel and a lot more Robert Pattinson. Um, Who, by the way, quick aside here, Robert Pattinson, I really like him. (laughs) That's not like a hot take. All I'm getting at is... I think I think there is a world in which he could have been a very interesting, like millennial Gen Z James Bond. Oh, like, one hundred. Timothy Chalamet James Bond. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of like like where James Bond isn't like Daniel Craig was just a big beefy dude. Like you believed he could break through a wall. 
versus like Robert Pattinson's like kind of scrawny and he's got the, you know, the, the, the eyes. And I really feel like he could have been like soft romance spy James Bond. I mean, he still could be. You're saying he it like he's could like 90. Well, I think it's more that that's clearly not the direction they're going. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know. I but I mean, the thing, I think the thing, the most distinguishing thing about Robert Pattinson is that he's, and I say this with so much love, so crazy. Like, he's crazy. I think he could wake up one day and be like, actually, I want to do that. And then he'd do it. 100%. That's probably the amount of thought he put into signing up for this movie, which he clearly does not understand and, and or like. The so, Batman. I don't know. <laughs> Your dreams might still come true. Yeah, he looks great in this movie. I want to start there. <laughs> if the reason you watch this movie is because you want to see people being hot, uh, him and John David Washington wear the hell out of some suits in this movie. Oh, and yeah. then, of course, there's Elizabeth Debicki. <laughs> so if you're looking for Did like I mentioned that she's really tall? Over six-foot woman. Uh, and then also just men wearing really pretty suits and walking around. This is a movie for you. Anyway, so that's the plot of Tenet, and I realize that I gave very little detail there. It's because without explaining every facet of the movie, there's really nothing more I can do to describe it. It's too complex while also being incredibly, incredibly simple. Like, it's the details are all complex, and the shtick is, like, the actual what's happening is very simple. The shtick is incredibly complex, (laughs) and I don't know how else to describe it. I guess what I want folks to understand is like in order to kind of understand like everything we're about to say about how we felt about it or go into parts of it, you need to get that this isn't a time travel movie, but it wants you to think it is, and it's really obsessed with its own shtick. The 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 basically the the reason this movie is confusing is because people are constantly talking about the future tense in the past tense. So what we did at the beginning, which was, for example, if I'm not mistaken, that is the line, is at some point Robert Pattinson says the line, we will have been very good friends. We will have been very good friends. And it's stuff like that, both visually, dialogue, framing, writing, that's what makes the movie so hard to watch in terms of like your brain has to just work over time, even visually of like, Wait, is that guy moving backwards or forwards? And where are we? When are we right now? <laughs> yeah. And then it's uh, the problem is yeah. there's also after a point, every scene has people and things that are doing both at the same time. Like every yes. scene it's up, at some point, you just start watching it and half the characters are moving backwards and the other half are moving yeah. forwards. But then again, that scene will probably be a repeat of another scene you've seen before where you saw it from the opposite perspective. So then you're trying to figure out, okay, so in this one, this guy's going forward. And then the guy yep. who's standing next to him is going backwards. But I'm going to have to remember that because in the next time this comes up, it's the opposite. <laughs> yep. So I think there's a lot that we can talk about here, but I don't know how much we could talk about without spoilers. So starting without spoilers, do you just kind of want to give us your basic overview of how you felt about this movie? Like, what's your takeaway? What's the AYSW recommendation here? Spoiler free. Okay. So my take on this movie is it's just super, it's super boring. Like, I know a lot of people don't feel this way, but I was so darn bored the whole time. I couldn't bring myself to care. And I felt really bad about that because by all accounts, I should have loved this movie. I love big action movies. I love Nolan movies. I love like stupid mind brain mind bender movies that 
have a shtick and they're like, did you get it? And then I go, I got it. I got it. And then I watch it like 12 <laughs> times and go, I got it even more now. I love doing that. And also I really needed a big, stupid movie, you know, last year when we didn't have any movies. And d- despite all of that, I was just so darn bored and I just didn't get it. It was just a whole movie that was trying its hardest to explain you the movie, but like the movie was still happening. And I was like, can you stop? Just can I enjoy the... No, no, they just kept trying to explain it. So it was so up its own, you know, that I couldn't couldn't enjoy it. And I felt very bad about it, but also we're all mentally exhausted. And I sure was when I watched this. I didn't have any energy to dedicate to trying to crack the code of it every five minutes. So I don't even have anything like deeply negative to say i mean in terms of sins i'm just like i mean i i don't love that this is yet another entry in nolan's like sad wife slash dead wife slash wishes she was dead wife movie (laughs) but i mean that's clearly not going away for him (laughs) so i'm just gonna say that i thought it was super boring and that's my biggest issue with it it's like how did you make this boring so I was just so darn lukewarm. I've already forgotten the entire movie. I I mean, I do remember it because I was so frustrated, but I couldn't bring myself to use the energy to try to explain it again, which is just sad. So that's where I fall on it. Curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I think we are in almost exact agreement. Um, I was super bored. Uh in the spoiler section, I will get into the moment in which my boredom finally was alleviated, and I was filled with a complete sense of excitement and like, never mind, I'm on board, this is amazing, and that lasted about five minutes uh, <laughs> before it went back to boredom, so I, I really thought I had something. Um, yeah, it's a boring movie, uh, and I it it I honestly, I really like what you said at the beginning about why, like you feel so tired by the end of it and you feel like it's a lot longer because of how much you have to process. I honestly think there's a part of that that's also, it's like you feel during the movie like you're supposed to be finding it interesting. So your brain's working overtime to be like, okay, what am I missing then? Like in this scene, I know I'm supposed to be excited. So why am I not? Like what's wrong with me? And your brain's like working overtime to be like, what did I miss? What did I miss? Did I miss something? Did I miss a dialogue? Like, did I, am I not appreciating something? And I like, but it's not, it's just boring. Um, yeah. I, uh, uh, I honestly don't know if I have anything else to say about it. It's, it's, it is a shtick that is interesting. I understand what he's going for. I think it's a cool filmmaking gimmick. I think that there is, there is so much use of gimmick and there was so much fear. I think the movie came off to me. There was so much fear of people not getting it that you buried the thematics of the film underneath the weight of all of your explanation. Yes. And some of that isn't even dialogue. Some of that is is literally like visual, like filmmaking, like the constant incessant need to show us which is not a bad thing always right like i'm a big proponent of show not tell generally uh the constant need to show us the same things over and over to make sure we really got it means that i had to really sit for a long time to try to understand what the themes of this movie were yeah and that's not really what you want to go for i think that's where inception succeeds and this fails 
is Inception also has its own head stuffed up its ass and it's really into its shtick. But frankly, it understands that the shtick is kind of stupid and that's okay. You can just have fun with it and it never loses sight of the base theme. And by the end of it, like if you don't get the theme, I don't know what to tell you. Like Inception is not a complicated movie. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good to go. So, not at all. Uh, you think it's complicated, but it's not. Uh, the de- Again, just like this movie, the details are complicated, but the actual like, component like the the what is going on not complicated um yeah i I agree with you completely um i actually like you brought that up too i want to dive into that a little bit more with spoilers area but man he really loves making movies about white women in tragic relationships (laughs) who hey you know you know what other movie does that serenity uh Oh my God! Can I we, brought that when up we get to the spoiler while. section, are we going to talk about how similar this is to Serenity? It's deeply, remarkably similar. Yes, thank you. I see. Here's my issue with this: if if you have a movie that's shockingly so, similar, like ridiculous, it's just so ridiculous. Like you've mentioned for Inception, you have to have some kind of self awareness about that, and then in the third act of the movie, be like, "I'm fully buying into that," so we're going to go nuts. Yeah, like we're just going to do like a inception like wrinkle in time alice in wonderland level like what in the world annihilation level like what in the world is going on we've completely given up the plot and that's why you love it you can't be like still trying to hold on to justifying (laughs) the silliness of the movie you can't be like trying to be serious about it and this is where that movie fails like the third act they're still trying to be like okay but let me pull up a whiteboard and explain i'm like no 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 no, no. throw the whiteboard away like let me just enjoy it but you can't because it's still trying to explain, like, it's like that meme of the person, all those memes where it's, like, confused person with math all over their faces. It's that, yeah, but the absolutely. whole damn time. And you're like, but I don't yeah. I don't get to enjoy it. Also, I want to say one thing. I really enjoyed what you said about, like, show, not tell, usually. I think the bad thing about this movie is it tries to both show and tell. Like, there's somehow yeah, too much constantly. showing and also too much <laughs> constantly. exposition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And at differing time periods, like there's some parts of the movie where I was like, will you please stop talking? I just want to see what I want to see not time travel because you keep telling me that it's not time travel and I'm with you. Show it to me. And then other times (laughs) I'm like, I fully understand that you ran the clip backwards. Please tell me something about this character. (laughs) I want to know about their name or their lives or how they feel about this. How Robert Pattinson gets his hair to look like that. Can we get some explanation? Deeply. Uh... All right, so so let me let me give our recommendation here then, and you you fill in if you think I'm 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 uh, vouching for us incorrectly here. I think the general takeaway is there are things to enjoy about this movie. There's honestly there's not a lot to hate. Like there's not like I don't think it's poorly made. It's more like it's just poorly conceived like it's it's you know it's nolan there's real i mean the 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 final act set piece is something to behold it is a visual wonder it is truly incredible what you're looking at for about 10 seconds and you're like all right well whatever i guess but like you know like you're still which is what he always does like he's very good at set pieces he knows how to make you sit there and go wow (laughs) <laughs> like he's he, he knows how to do that and that's great he does it here too um but frankly there's not much more to it than robert pattinson and elizabeth debicki and john david washington being who's very tall. attractive yes <laughs> who's tall and you saying wow a couple of times um 
frankly, I was not even that impressed with the music. And I usually love Nolan's music. I, I, it just, it doesn't stick with me at all. I couldn't even begin to tell you what the music was in that movie. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think my recommendation is if you are a big Nolan fan, obviously watch it. If you spend an inordinate amount of time on Reddit or you uh, <laughs> really think the movie Fight Club is like a seminal part of fiction, probably also watch it. This movie's definitely for you. You're going to love it. Um, if you think Robert Pattinson's super hot and you wish you saw more of him because he was gone for a little bit from mainstream movies, great. Those are my big three reasons. And <laughs> that's about where it ends. Other than that, I think... I think you could skip it. Yeah, spot on. Or at least don't pay for it. Like, watch it on <laughs> HBO Max if it's free, for sure, but don't pay for it. That would be my recommendation. So, that's the spoiler-free version. Let's enter into the spoiler-filled version. I'm just going to fire from the hip about stupid stuff before we get back to Serenity. Why is Kenneth Branagh playing a Russian? I don't know, and his accent changes the entire movie. I don't like the it. The whole time. I like Kenneth Branagh a lot. Like, He's obviously, and for very good reasons, the actor that he is. Um, you know, I, I, I think people have differing takes on his filmmaking. I can't stand Beauty and the Beast. I really liked Murder in the Orient Express, for example. But, <laughs> like, as an actor, like, he's obviously, you know, he's a powerhouse. Very, like, he's very a very actor. big Shakespearean famous actor. And he's frankly good in this. Like, I liked him as the concept. I've never seen him do villain. And maybe he has. I just, I mean, okay. I don't think Gilderoy Lockhart counts as a villain. He's sort of a bumbling <laughs> side. Like, straight up true villain. And he gets vicious and angry. And there is this really interesting, like, just rate. Like, there's some point where, like, spittle flies out of his mouth. <laughs> and it was really like, Jesus, like, heavy, he's like going Bond hard. Villain he's level. chewing this up. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bond villain. Exactly. He does Bond villain really well. But why on God's green earth they had him do it in a Russian accent is utterly beyond me. Like, there was no reason. It's super there distracting. Was no reason. Super distracting. <laughs> like, I was just sort of expecting, they kept talking about how he was Russian, like, ahead of time, right? They're like, you have to go to the Russian or whatever. And I was sitting there going, like, man, I don't know that many Russian actors. I wonder who it'll be. <laughs> like, in my mind, I was like, I wonder if it's the guy from 2012. He's the only Russian guy I really know. <laughs> and, then, and then it was Kenneth Braun. He turns around. I was like, wait a minute. Is that Kenneth Branagh under a lot of makeup and or prosthetics? And or did he gain a lot of weight for the movie? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Very confusing. Um, I don't know why. I, I truly don't get it. Um, that's my first point I want to bring up. Do you know who the actress is who plays the whatever the hell Priya, the broker? Dimple Capadio. The reason I asked is, again, like the way that they framed it, it very much felt like it was meant to be that thing that you you like, you know. They're doing like the it so that... Like big reveal, like when she appears, yeah, everyone maybe for American is like, that's audiences, a billion like, people. Oh, yeah. who knows? Exactly, exactly. It kind of reminded me of In Great Gatsby when he finally goes and sees what's-his-face, the rich guy, and as soon as they brought it over, you're like, oh my god, it's that guy. It, yeah. If you're anywhere but America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Americans or are in like, any any huh, movie that has one guy. Chinese <laughs> character because Tencent is co-producing yeah. it, and then they turn around and you know everyone yeah. in China is like, oh my god, it's Exactly. That guy. And again, if you're an American audience, you're like, Cool, actor. But if you're anywhere else, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's how it felt to me. Yep. Uh, nonetheless, she seemed very cool. I liked her a lot. I have no conception of what her character is doing in this movie. None. I don't understand the role. Don't get it. Why is she there? She's there because um, Nolan wanted one moment where everybody assumes <laughs> that the arms dealer is a man and then it's a woman. 
Because, you know. I, that honestly seemed like that was it. I don't get it. There's I truly literally do not nothing understand. beyond that. Her entire connection to the movie was to be the villain and then... She just suddenly wasn't right away. She's not the villain. And she's like, actually, the villain's this Russian guy. You got to go talk to him. And then every now and then they would just come back to her and be like, how come you didn't tell me about this? And she's like, because I already would have. And that's how you now know it or whatever. And and then they would just leave again. And the whole time I'm like, why? A, wasn't this supposed to be like a you can't even find her thing? Like she's unapproachable. The only way to get to this super famous person is to break into this high rise building and it's <laughs> impossible and all of India is going to murder you if you find them. And, you know, like it was like a big deal. And then every other scene afterwards, they just like are with her in a shopping mall. <laughs> like I don't, I fundamentally don't understand what the character was for. I don't get it. I, I don't know. I really did not understand her role. No, um, not at all. I might have to rewatch it. Maybe there's like something I'm just missing out of that. But it seemed like it was just meant to be this like, oh, well, she's the villain. No, she's not. And I don't, I don't get it. Um, So that's my next nitpick. Not really nitpick. I'm just throwing thoughts out there. Um, How come it took us so long to get to the time dilation? It took forever. Yeah. When they were breaking into her apartment building, I thought that was going to be the first time. I was like, oh, this is the big first, well, I guess second set piece after the prologue. You know, they're going to bungee jump. Like, my assumption, they're like, well, we can't parachute out of the building. And Robert Patton says, like, what if we bungee jump? And John David Washington is like, we can't do that, you silly goose. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. What they're going to do, because we literally just saw it. John David went and talked to Fleur de Liqueur at some unknown location. <laughs> And when you see her, you're like, oh, my God, that's Fleur de Liqueur. Where's she been? How's Bill Weasley doing? I haven't seen this actress since 2008. (laughs) And she's like, look, you can sometimes magneto bullets into your hand. Isn't that cool? And you're like, I guess. (laughs) Seems pretty cool. So as they showed us that, and the next scene, basically, is he goes here. They go to the building, and he's like, you can't bungee jump. And I was like, wow, that's going to be so cool. What they're going to do, obviously, is they're going to have – cords that are on the building and they're going to sit on the ground and then they're going to bungee jump upwards because they would have already bungee jumped downwards right what they just showed us with the bullet you can pick up the bullet because you've already dropped the bullet or something and then they (laughs) didn't at all it was just like a normal heist it was just a regular heist (laughs) it was just like a we shot a grappling hook we climbed up the building there was a reveal then we climbed down the building (laughs) there was also no tension there wasn't any cop like there wasn't like people after them like they're like the cops are gonna be here soon and you're like i guess (laughs) it seems like a while like i don't so confusing why it took so long to get to the time dilation that didn't show up until we got to the airport yeah it was a long time although that being said did you immediately figure out the thing with robert pattinson when they first met like the first time they meet and he talks about the soda did you did you like catch it immediately what okay so basically when they when he first meets by the way, I want to, sorry, let me back up one step to further explain why this is also confusing. I have no goddamn idea who John David Washington is working for in this movie. No clue. <laughs> Himself. He gets his teeth ripped out by the Russians, and then he wakes up in, like, a CIA boat, and they're like, we have a job for you, but, but you're it, dead him. now. It's, it's you're himself. Not even... No, no, like, I know he that. He founded it in the future. I, I know that. I know that. But my point is, like, 
who's his contact? The guy he's talking to is from the CIA. I don't know. There's like a component here where yeah, I was which like, is probably who? who he hired in the future past. I guess. I guess that makes sense. Nonetheless, he ends up going to India and he ends up walking into this like hotel lobby. And in the hotel lobby, he's sitting there and Robert Pattinson shows up looking hot as hell. <laughs> and so he comes snazzy. and sits down next to him. And you're like, oh, Robert Pattinson's the contact. Neato. And uh, he's like, oh, let me get you a drink. And Robert Pattinson orders him a diet soda. And then he gets himself an alcoholic drink. And John, and he looks at him and he's like, oh, I know that you never drink on the job. And John David's like, oh, you did your research, except I, I only like tonic water or something. And Robert Pattinson's like, no, you don't. And the way the scene is played, it's like kind of smirking. And when you're watching it, if you're watching it straight, you're obviously supposed to interpret that Robert Pattinson is a very well-trained operative. He does a lot of research. He knows a lot about him. He's basically James Bond. He knows what he's doing, right? Except... The minute it showed up, the minute he said the tonic water thing, the ending of the movie was already spoiled. I was like, oh, got it. He knows him from the future. They've known each other for lots of years. This is the first time they met. Robbie knows it. John David doesn't. Got it. Done. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know. It was just like a – it felt too – it's like they threw it out there in a way that I thought was too simple. See, I, I'm inclined to agree, but I'm one of the idiots who didn't get it. So if it worked okay, on at least me, it? Oh, okay, that's good I, enough honestly, for Nolan, I thought right? they should have pulled the punch. I was like, if you had just ordered the diet soda and not explained anything, I think it would have been okay. But the whole like, no, you don't. I was uh, literally immediately, I was like, oh, understood. <laughs> like I too have seen Incredible. any British BBC sci-fi show. I am aware of what's going on here. <laughs> I was, I'm Jack actually Harkness really glad you brought that up. has already been here before, yeah. and Captain Jack Harkness has already handed you the drink, and that's why he knows what drink you need. <laughs> like, and or, I'm, and or, the entirety of the plot around the Doctor and on Doctor Who and River Song, and the whole point is like, yeah. the Doctor canonically has a wife named River Song. His like main like love, I guess, for like a long, long time, like many seasons, many doctors, many actors, is this woman named River Song. And the entire deal is that they're like moving in relation to each other and opposite. So like the very first time the doctor meets River is the last time River will ever meet the doctor and vice versa. So as he or us get to know her more, we see her knowing him less. So at the end, when we see her, presumably for the last time at some point, it will be the first time she ever meets him, but it'll most he ever knows her. And I was like, man, like I already went through this mind puzzle when I was 15 watching Doctor Who being like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. Um, so let's not, <laughs> let's not do this I think, again. Okay. I think that's honestly a really good explanation of what I'm talking about though. Like I feel like that scene, the way it's set up, the reason that I immediately latched onto it is because I watched those shows when I was 15. Like that's that's exactly what I'm getting at. Is like, mm. it, it's 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 framed and done, and the whole shtick of this movie is played out exactly like those. Sh anybody who watched weird sci-fi, because you probably weren't, you know, I don't know, you were having a time. You're a kid. <laughs> you're not like a let's say uh, you're not like a normal ass kid. You know, every kid who watched BBC in the middle of the day <laughs> and was watching <laughs> Beyond Human or whatever it was called. Uh, Becoming Human? What was the show about the ghost, the vampire, and the the werewolf all living in the same house? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. What was that show? <laughs> I can't remember. I was watching Primeval and Torchwood. I didn't even watch Doctor Who. I only watched its spinoffs because I wasn't aware Doctor Who existed. So you pulled a tenant. Uh, <laughs> you 
watched it backwards. Yeah, exactly. Which also, guys, Torchwood <laughs> is an anagram for Doctor Who. <laughs> they, they pulled a tenet. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, I, that's exactly what tenet is. So my point is, like, if you watch those shows and at 15, you're like, oh, my God, my mind is blown. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Wow. Galaxy brain. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the reason that she turns around is because Hermione's the one that threw the rock at herself. Yes. Oh my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm now 27 years old. That <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban came out in like 2004. I have seen that same thing played out probably two dozen times. The minute he's like, you don't drink tonic water, I was like, got it. He's from the future. He's been here before. This is the whole thing. Got it done. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's just, I, if you're going to make the shit complicated, then make it complicated. You can't galaxy brain us something that was done when Emma Watson was a child. Like you just can't. Like it can't be both. And I don't understand. (sighs) Anyway, I'm gonna do a quick power banking of the three stupidest lines in this movie. Okay. Oh yes, please do. I'm counting backwards, and I I think that this is an endless list. So I'm just I'm going with three. Okay, number three. Welcome to Watch Mojo. Today we're counting down the three stupidest lines on nice, Tenet. I like it. Thank you. Uh, number three. <clears throat> we live in a twilight world. That's it. That's it. I don't know what in the world. Their I know it's supposed to be response. deep because it's like twilight is the moment where like dusk turns to dawn or it's the last time we see light unless it's, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really stupid, and I was like, yeah, it's funny, because well, Robert Pattinson's actually, okay, in this wait, movie. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will, let me offer one defense. One defense. I think the reason they're using Twilight is because technically there are two periods of Twilight. Yeah. Dusk and Dawn, right? They're both technically Twilight periods. So I, I think I understand the shtick, which is basically like, if you use the word twilight, it technically means two different time periods. You can be in the same time in two different places, which isn't how the movie works, by the way. <laughs> like, it's it's not, like, not at all. That's not it's the point. The, the point is that there's one times. time and yeah. there's multiples of you, not that there's two times and you're in two. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, it is stupid, but I think that's why. And was that the response or was that the call? I can't that remember. That was the call. And the response was something like the mist shrouds us all or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Team Jacob. Yes, um, <laughs> my this is the second. This is the second one. It just bothers me because um, I don't like it. Uh, yep. All I have for you is a gesture in combination with a word, tenet. <laughs> and I I have one specific gripe with that, which is that that's how it's said in the movie. But in the trailer, they just say all I have for you is a word, tenet. And I had to hear that. Yep. Before every YouTube video I watched for like six months when cinemas were closed in London, I was like, what are you selling me right now? I can't even watch it physically. But I just think that line is so stupid. I, d- I never, it never makes sense at any point. What, what is like, when does that gesture ever come up? How <laughs> does the word tenet were... help? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, stupidest line in the movie. It's when Fleur Delacour goes, don't try to understand it. Feel it. What, what am I supposed to be feeling? I'm I'm not feeling anything. I'm trying actually very hard to understand it so that I can feel it. Yeah, you're talking about when he's with Fleur de la Cour, right? And he, he yes, unzips when she's the doing the reverse gun yeah. thing that also makes no yeah. sense. It's, she's and like, you got to drop it to yeah. catch it, right? But then when he fires the gun, he hasn't fired it. He just catches it. Wait, say that again. <laughs> you know when? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When she's doing the bullet thing, right? And she's yep, trying to yep. explain he ca- to him. He, he she has the bullet on the table and he catches it in his hand because he. Dropped had, 
dropped it. But it's because the gun fires. So the reason, by the way, just everybody listening, this is exactly what it's like to watch the movie. So here we go. You're just getting a trailer. So when he catches the bullet, it's because he's not actually catching it, both at the table and at the shooting range. So when he reach, when he like reaches out his hand like Magneto, and from the viewer position as the audience, you're like, oh, he's whatever, telekinetic, and he's summoning the bullet. What he's actually doing is dropping the bullet. So like his hand goes through the motion of dropping but backwards, which to us would be called catching, right? <laughs> like that's what that is. But what he's actually doing is dropping it. So when he fires the gun and the bullet reverses back into the barrel, it's because he's not catching the bullet he's he has he's shooting the gun and by virtue of it firing it is now coming back into his gun because he already fired it which is what he just did so what i'm gonna do is just say yes (laughs) i have this problem as a human being where i really just don't like to feel stupid in life okay it just bothers me and i've spent six months of my life trying to watch think pieces and videos on this movie that's like no 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 no. you watch my video and you're gonna finally get it you're really gonna get get it this time instead of a four minute explanation it's now an eight minute video instead of eight minutes it's now 16 (laughs) and i've gone through hours of those darn videos and i still don't get it at all so i'm just gonna give up And I'm going to say that we should talk really briefly about whether you also thought that the score was too loud, because that was apparently everyone's biggest issue with the movie. They were like, it's just so damn loud. I couldn't hear what people were saying. Uh, I only watch movies with subtitles on because I'm part of this generation and also ancient. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I Like it was fine because I could always see the words. So <laughs> it's never, never too loud if you can see the words. And then it's the meme of the guy tapping his head, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's how <laughs> never too loud it. if you can see the words. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 the score was so non-existent for me in terms of, like I said before, I just didn't even pay attention to it, which is weird to me. Like Dunkirk, I loved the sound mixing on. It was really into how the how he used audio in order to accent things. Obviously, like Hans Zimmer's score in the Dark Knight series is pretty famous at this point. Um, the Inception blah, was part of music and movies uh movies rather for like a decade (laughs) like it's he's it's not like he doesn't have iconic music i truly can't tell you what this movie's music was it was so i can tell you what it was it was just a bunch of piano notes played backwards literally it was very beautiful i actually did like it um but a lot of it was just they reversed the sound like which like of course they did right that's the most okay now see that's mildly interesting that's mildly interesting. It's actually pretty cool. cool. I mean, if you listen to it in different yeah. scenes, it's the same score, but played in reverse, Backwards? but like oh my God, in an interesting cool. way. But like, yeah, you could have cool. guessed that, right? Like if I didn't tell you that and I said, hey, Eric, there's a fun gimmick that they did with the score right. here. What, do you what would your did? first yeah. guess be? Yeah. So that's like, cool. Of course. Oh, you know, that that's cool. I'll, uh, that brings my score up two points, which like on a scale of 100, not like two letter <laughs> yeah, points. That's not much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's that's cool. I'll 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 give that a, a win then. Um, interesting. Okay, so those are your three lines that really really just made you want to lose your mind. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Should we talk about how Aaron Taylor Johnson in this movie, and it is almost impossible to tell unless yep. you're really attuned to it. Uh, he's really hot, but oh, he so plays hot. like a character that you would assume a lower caliber. 
like an actor who hasn't been the lead in a lot of things would play. And the entire movie, I was like, I think this is him, but I can't be sure. And I don't want to commit myself to it. And there was something at the very end when they're standing around each other when I was like, oh, that's Aaron Taylor Johnson, isn't it? Like, for sure, that's him. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell for yep. sure, you know, until that, I think that one scene no. where he's standing in front of the whiteboard and he's like, here's the plan. And you're like, I think that's Aaron Taylor Johnson, for yep. sure, and you're like, right? wait but a I freaking think... minute, that's him. <laughs> yeah. But he's like yep. kind of permanently in that kind of, he's like stuck there, right? Permanently in his career where he's like in every movie, he's the guy where you're like, but shouldn't he be like more of a dude? Because he's been around a long yep. time. But every movie he yep. has that role where you're like almost there, but not quite. And it started with like Kick-Ass, which I think was where he was like right at the forefront. And then for some reason he got yeah, stuck. Yeah, he was huge. Like he got stuck in like a and Judy Greer, you know, where it's like almost there, but not quite. You would think that being Quicksilver would have helped. And then he led like Godzilla was a big movie. In 2014, yeah. that was a massive movie with Gareth Edwards directing. Like, that's what I'm saying. Everything he does, you think it's big when it happens, yeah. and then instantly it gets forgotten and doesn't <laughs> build towards the next it. thing. Yeah. yeah. Also, every time I watch it with people, like I watched uh, uh, Godzilla with Alex not too long ago, and every time we watch movies with Aaron Taylor Johnson, it's the same thing. Like, no matter who you watch it with, somebody goes, <laughs> "Is that Aaron Taylor Johnson?" Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Which is alarming. Like, shouldn't you go in knowing he's he's? I guess I assumed he was a list, but maybe he's not. Like this movie doesn't credit him on the poster. It's not even the most famous Quicksilver anymore. John David and Robbie Pattinson. (laughs) Yeah, I mean he was never the most famous Quicksilver, but like poor guy really got erased big time. So hmm. yeah, it's it's yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, But he's hot in it, and that's cool. Um, Let's see. Okay, I liked. Let me go back to. I, I said at the beginning that there was one part of the movie where I was on board, and I will admit, in hindsight, I don't know why. I didn't see this coming, given everything I just said about how, like, <laughs> this movie really thought that it had you and it just didn't. It was very obvious. I did not see the midpoint turn coming. So they – a lot of this movie involves a MacGuffin, which is the most ridiculous-shaped object I've ever seen. It's just yeah. like a big pole. And I don't know <laughs> why the hell we're even meant to care about this thing. It could have just been literally anything else anyway. <laughs> uh Basically, they they find the object. They're chasing people through countries that aren't your typical uh, Western European countries in movies, which was sort of interesting. Uh, there was a lot of me looking stuff up in this movie where they're like, we're going to telly. And I was like, where the hell is that? And I'm like, I'm just Googling. I was like, oh, Estonia. Interesting. <laughs> like, I, I don't think about Estonia. Sorry, Estonia. I just don't, you know, you're not generally on the top of my mind. Interesting. Um, anyway, they're chasing people through Estonia. The Elizabeth Debicki's been kidnapped again and is in trouble again and sad again. And they go do the thing. And then suddenly there's two Kenneth Branas and Elizabeth Debicki gets shot. And there's two rooms of two different colors because Nolan is very clear about his visual cues. Uh, he's never trying to confuse you, really. I will give him that. He really tries to make things clear. Uh, and then there was like some point when they, when you see kenneth Branagh like reappear or something when that happened it like clicked for me where i i, I literally sat up my seat and started going like what and alex like, like what is going on i was like i think i know what they're doing they're gonna go backwards now aren't they like they're gonna unroll the movie so everything yep. like the movie collides into this moment and every moment from here on is going to be an unroll and we're going to start from that same set piece and we're gonna roll backwards into the beginning of the movie oh my god that's the coolest thing i've ever seen 
I, I just, you know, I love that. I was like, that's a cool shtick. What a neat idea. I bet the guy in the bank vault was him. It's got to be, right? Like, it's it's definitely him. Uh, he's probably the guy at the opera. I totally get it. This is going to be amazing. And it was for the car part. And then <laughs> it just kind of got boring again. <laughs> like, he's driving the car backwards. And you're like, that's cool. He's the car that we saw crashed. Got it. Understood. You know, now they're now they're screwing with each other in two different timelines. That's interesting. And then he crashes and goes unconscious again because he goes unconscious a lot in this movie. And I don't know why. It's like it makes him not interesting because there's just periods of time where other people are picking up the plot. Like he wakes up with Aaron Taylor and Robbie P again. And you're like, well, I guess they got him. So I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> like the whole time you're like, I guess there's not that much tension because they could just rescue him. He's rescued from the Russians and he's rescued from the guy on the road. It just means it's, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, it's not that, there's no tension then, right? Like, I don't know. Um, anyway, that that was the part that I, I tr- for a moment, the movie had me. It really did. I was for like, never moment. mind. This might be the greatest movie I've ever seen. This might be the top movie of 2020. This is going to be the coolest thing in the world if they undo every scene of this. If it's basically the extended part of Prisoner of Azkaban. Right. <laughs> if it's just another hour and 45 of Prisoner of Azkaban, I'll be so into it. And it wasn't. Like, it was nominally, but... But, like, only a little. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so... Now let, me, let me get to now my question to you, which is, do you understand... Did you get at all what was happening with the villain's plot with Kenneth Branagh? Because I truly don't get it. I, you mean Kenneth Branagh and his murder Fitbit? So, so what I'm getting at is... To my understanding, he gets stuff from the future. Yes. How he gets that stuff, I don't know. He he found it buried. And then basically when he found it buried, he would then find, like, other notes that are buried. And they would say, like, be here in six minutes. <laughs> and in six minutes, he finds a container full of stuff. Because the container of stuff was always there because... Of future stuff. Yeah. By the way, that's just the plot of Looper. Looper is a much better version of this movie. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> Looper's great. Uh, anyway, so he gets the stuff. And he is part of some organization who wants to blow up the world. No, they want to save the world in the future. Because in the future, the world screwed up. In a way that honestly sounded a lot like the world is right now. So I was a little bit confused. <laughs> He's like, yeah. there was endless wars and the climate destroyed the planet. I was like, isn't that kind they of They always thing? say isn't it like it's a bad isn't future that, that you can possibly imagine. <laughs> like, yeah. Have you looked at the I was news? Like, Aren't we literally doing that right now? <laughs> so anyway, he's part of some group that's like the future is bad. And in order to fix that, we need to reverse the time flow of the world. So, <laughs> in order to do that, <laughs> they have to take a bunch of Lego pieces and build a Lego pole Yep. that is, I guess, a time dilator. Mm-hmm. And then they blow that thing up, I think. Yeah, and it's With triggered an by his atom death. bomb, right? Right, but here's the part I'm confused by two things. This explanation was so that I can set up so you can understand what I'm about to get. He's at. only confused two by things two are things. Here. I don't. I, I don't think I'm necessarily confused by it triggering with his 
death. That was, I mean, I don't know why he's doing that from I mean, a that's logical just, standpoint. Yeah, it's not, it's not confusing. It's just childish. Like, it's, it's, it's I get it. It's just like a strange, it's just like a, like, I don't know. It feels like a very weak, like, villain thing. Yeah, like, it, is, yeah it feels literally like a tantrum a child would yeah. It's like, if, they tell you, you really if early I can't on get too, it, then right? nobody can If I can't can have it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I can't have the world, then nobody can. So the Fitbit to the bomb thing, whatever. Yeah. What confuses me is this. Why is there an atom bomb? What does the atom bomb have to do with the Lego piece? Why does the Lego piece get activated by the atom bomb? I, I think they said it's something about radiation, but I'm confused nonetheless. And B, if his whole thing was, if I can't have it, then nobody can, how does that motive make any sense with the other motive, which is, I'm saving the world by reversing time? Because... If he's blowing up the world, which is what it sounded like he knew he was doing, then how on earth is that saving the future? And three, I lied, there's a third. <laughs> Why would changing the direction of time, meaning everyone starts moving backwards through time, or rather time moves backwards around you, I think is the more accurate way to say that. Why on earth would that change I understand why that would change the future but doesn't that isn't that irreversible like aren't you going to get to the point where it's like the big bang you're yeah where you're like well we solved climate change good job everybody and then like the next day they're like ah shit the polio vaccine hasn't Still been invented going. yet <laughs> yeah. damn it and then like a, a, a hundred years behind that the they're wheel. like ah dang it there's no wheel yeah exactly they're like well we can't like ha- like you know and then we I- I'm all go back like, to being still, amoeba yeah. you want to live in luxury and you're like driving around in a car while the rest of the world's happening backwards but guess what your car runs on something and that something that something is, is the not, dinosaurs right now it's gonna be unlimited like it's going to be uninvented yeah. so how does the reversal of time flow solve the future unless you can stop it again but in order to stop it again, do you have to build another Lego brick and then blow it up with another atom bomb? <laughs> it just seems confusing. I So my question is, do you understand any of those three points? <laughs> Can you elucidate any of those three? This is what I'm getting at. The, to me, the actual shtick of the movie was not confusing. The time dilation isn't confusing. Like, that's the thing I think people are like, oh, it's so complex. It's not. All they're doing is moving. They are moving backwards. No. <laughs> while they move forward in time, time everything moves backwards else moves backwards around from them. them. Right, yeah. that's it. So basically, everything you have already seen happen in the movie, they now have to make happen. Again, I don't really care about this movie that much, I promise. I know it sounds like I do, but just watch The Prisoner of Azkaban. It's just the same thing. It's like, it's the, the actual shtick is not complex. It's really not. I promise, if you're watching it, you're like, I feel so confused. Like, it will become very clear because, frankly, he did his job. Like, things are color-coded, like, they literally, yeah. you know, there's a room that's blue and there's a room that's red, and you see one person moving backwards and moving forward, and you're like, okay, great. Red means forward, blue means backwards. Yeah, it's like a huge and later blue on, ship, so you there's know which direction it's moving. There's a blue team and a red team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, okay, got it. One's moving forward, one's moving backwards. Totally understand. Like, paint by uh, numbers. Got it, got it, got it. Exactly. And then if you want to go back and rewatch the movie, you can see other kind of clues about that of like, oh, this guy's wearing blue and this guy's wearing red, and that's how we know. All that kind of stuff. Easy peasy. What's confusing is all of the damn details that have nothing to do with the shtick, but have to do with the plot. 
that's what was making me so upset where I was like, I don't <laughs> understand what the arms dealer is for. I don't understand why the atom bomb relates to the Lego brick. I don't understand. Like all of those things, deeply baffling. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. the Lego brick and its existence was just stupid. It, it literally, it's, it was the Infinity Stones, which was also confusing, where they're like, there's seven of them. They're buried around different parts of the Earth. Kenneth Branagh Thanos has has managed to collect eight of the nine. You have to stop <laughs> the last one or he'll blow up the world. I was like, didn't we just watch this movie? And that, <laughs> it's also the same, it's also watched, the same like, ending. Like, he, he just, like, secretly <laughs> wants him to collect all of them so then he can take it from him and use it against him. Yes. And I'm like, that was yes, literally they're the like, glove. finally, the you same stole damn it. Thing. And I was like, that's the same plot of Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but that is, yeah, um, yeah, I, that whole thing. And and they kept adding in this weird like, they really wanted you to care about John David Washington. And I I really like him as an actor. This was not his best movie. No, I don't know what was going on. It, I I really I got the sense he was just as confused as we were or something because Robbie P was soaring. Uh. Uh, John David Washington was having a hell of a time. I don't know. I just didn't care. I didn't yeah. care about him. Uh, all of his line deliveries were kind of, I don't know, they were weak, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like, there just wasn't a lot of emotion in any of it. And I feel like the way you really know that is because they kept inserting this fake connection thing where he's really into saving Elizabeth Debicki because he really super doesn't want to sleep with her, I promise, uh, and save her kid Yeah, for some reason. Like, I, I know not to say, like, I understand that maybe he just, like, cares about the concept of people. Like, you see that at the beginning. He, like, saves the opera people or whatever. So you're like, okay, he doesn't want people to die. Fantastic. What a hear. Like, yes, good. Like, a base moral actor. Sure. But he has, like, a zealot, like, connection to, like, we have to say Elizabeth Debicki and her son. And it's not because I want to romance her. I promise. Yeah, but I'll, but I'll like, risk the I, entire I, world to save her, though. I'll risk the fate of I the I would world. have been a lot more on board if he was in love with her. If that's your reason, then I at least have like a, like, okay, sure, he really likes her, that he he loves her. Sure, that's why he's saving her. Got it. But instead, it was just like, a yep, she's just a woman that I happened to see one time, and I feel kind of bad because I guess I do. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, <laughs> give me something. Like, is it because, was he that kid? Like, did he have yeah. a similar household? Uh, did did his uh, kid die? Does he have a wife that died? Did he... I don't... Anything. Insert anything you want. Just give me any reason to emotionally connect to why he seems to care, other than the fact that she's very tall and very beautiful. Yeah. Why are we so concerned about her outcome? <laughs> He seemed a lot less concerned about all the cars he crashed into. So all the Estonian citizens that he killed, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> you got to save Debicki and her son. I don't know. Confusing. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I want to very strongly second that. It's Ten. very impossible to care about the fate of any of the characters when we have no information no. about the main one <laughs> or anyone else. Yeah. And just the only information character-wise yeah. we have about anybody, frankly, is just that tall Debicki is tortured with a capital T and like there's nothing beyond that though like we just it's just like it doesn't build on itself thematically or lead to yeah. any sort of resolution it's literally two and a half hours of like torture porn like it's just yeah. like not physical so much or a little bit which it's like that's bad enough why is there any but that's what I'm saying it's just a whole movie it's just like damn he's really bad to her huh but it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> so why you know the character wise this movie is a big nothing 
I thought they were going to get away with actually, for once, not showing abuse when it doesn't need to be. They were doing a fairly good job, in my opinion, of sh- sh- being tense. Like, of like, the implication is obviously there. And there is this sort of quiet rage that Kenneth Branagh gives off that tells you that he is this, you know, he's a, he's a pot of boiling water. And, and yeah. at any point, that burner might be up too high. And the movie sits at this nice place of like, you understand that he may be, and you understand he might have been before, and you have to sit with that tension just like she does. And then at one point, it just boils over, and and they just <laughs> flat out show it in a way that's like, I don't understand why. Like a second ago, you were pointing a gun at her. That seemed very much f- enough. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know why this, you had to hit this her. This was also I mean, like it just a, wasn't, there was an artsy enough. He shoots her like five it. minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like so, the, why hit her? I don't. I, I'm fine with the shooting it. I like that makes sense. Why are we hitting her then? I don't get it. Like I, it doesn't make sense. Who cares? I'm saying that that's my issue. Is like there is. I mean, if you, it's like we said, this isn't a bad movie there's nothing to hate about it and if you start looking at the specific scenes there's some beautiful classic nolan masterful sort of shot framing and storytelling and you'll see like john david washington and tall debicki sitting and having a conversation and you'll see like from the way their faces are framed who at what point during the conversation is under more pressure and like you'll see that at one point the camera is steady on one person and then pushing in on the other and then it switches so you know who's pulling you know so it's all really like masterfully done like that those messages are sent and picked up on and then he just says nah i gotta show you and i'm like no you don't which is we're watching a nolan movie that's always his thing right it's like his technical craft is otherworldly always you know he, he he can really i actually noticed that with the camera stuff too there was a lot of times where there would be smooth poles where i'm assuming it was on whatever a, a not a gurney a trolley what am i where am mm-hmm. i from i'm not from london a cart <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna call it a trolley uh you know it's moving slowly or like moving smoothly that kind of thing and then something might happen where there's like a shift in time or there's an introduction of one of these time dilated characters. And when that happens, the camera switches to shaky cam and it's obviously being handheld. And there's stuff like that. That's, it's just interesting. Like it's, it's yeah. undeniably interesting. Um, there's a hallway fight scene. Cause there's always a hallway fight scene with Nolan <laughs> and the hallway fight scene is pretty incredible. It it went on for too long. I got bored, but yeah. it was it was incredible at first. Um I would love to know, which I feel like is the common thread of all Nolan movies. I often want to know more about how they're made than I do the movie itself. Yeah. I don't I would like to know how they did that. What I'm assuming that they had a stunt actor actually do the things in reverse, like have to manipulate their body to do it in reverse rather than because no matter what, one of the two actors is in reverse. Yeah. And they're not going to make John David do it because he can't. So I'm assuming that this is also a crazy stunt movie. Like they actually had people that are that are manipulating their bodies in order to act as though they're moving backwards. And that's interesting. That's hard. That's cool. It's whatever. But again, like that a movie does not make. Like it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I want to see the behind the scenes, but it doesn't do enough to actually give me resolution or, or a feeling of completion or anything. So yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of what you're saying is leading, yeah. feeding beautifully into my secret game that I'm going to spring on you, by the way. So I'm really enjoying this. Ooh. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, let me, let me finish out what my sort of section here was saying, here's my final 
takeaway from this movie, and I'm going to bring it back to Serenity, which I know sounds incredible. Oh, hell a, yeah. It was incredibly like the movie Serenity. Incredibly. Um, to the point that I honestly, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little suspicious. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. Like, I I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, I'm not, this is not, I don't have any data. I don't have any, like, evidence or any of this. But Hollywood espionage is not a unknown thing. Uh, we know it. We have we have evidence of it, right? Like famously, especially in animation, Ants and Bugs Life, um, Rio and that Pixar movie they had to scrap about the newts. Like there are there are examples of people essentially, you know, stealing scripts, those kind of things, or scripts being left behind and whatever. This movie and Serenity are so close in a lot of what they're doing, not necessarily like the plot a little bit, but also just like the emotionality, the performance of Anne Hathaway and Elizabeth Debicki, yep. weirdly similar. Yep. Um, it made me a little bit curious as to whether or not one of two things happened. A, did somebody happen to see the notes and ran with it and said, we're going to try to do our own version. We'll, we'll just do it. We'll get it out. We'll make some easy money. Call it good. Serenity. Or two, was Nolan's first draft about video games... <laughs> And it didn't go great. So they were like, all right, here's the deal. We'll buy this off you. We're going to sell it downriver. And then try, like, let's not do video games. How about that? (laughs) And he was like, okay, great. What about time travel? And they're like, awesome. Sounds good. (laughs) Because I'm not going to lie. I think I'm I'm, I'm more of a fan of number two. I honestly think maybe it was, I, I think Nolan may have written this about video games and it didn't work out and he just shipped the script down river and they ended up taking it making Serenity. <laughs> it's so similar. Yeah, yeah. He did canonically say that he's been working on this script, the iteration of the script for six or seven years. So I'd believe a lot That's of things about at. where I, it's I, gone I, and what paths it's gone through. 100%. It's not, I totally way too much in common. There's way too much. I would totally much. understand that six years ago, he finished it and was like, you know what's weird? Video games. And then he wrote this whole <laughs> script and then he was reading it like, this <laughs> is not good. I don't want to do this. And he sent it down river and they'd give it to somebody else and they're like, I'll fix it. And then they made Serenity. <laughs> like I, I fully 100% believe that's what happened. And I will sit here and wait for the evidence because those movies are shockingly similar and i gotta say this is a personal personal thank you to you shalila because you were the one who was like we have to watch serenity and i was like this is stupid why are you making me do this and it was stupid when i watched it and i was still like i don't know if this was (laughs) worth watching and now had you not forced me to watch that movie i wouldn't have sat there green tenant going how on earth am i watching serenity again (laughs) how is this (laughs) happening again (laughs) i'm so glad we have this recorded (laughs) anyway uh Here's my the final thing I want to say about this movie, which is uh, I want to go back to the theme because it took me a long time to understand the themes of this movie and to get what it's actually going for. I don't think it executes on them correctly. I don't think it succeeds at all. And I think that's a mistake. I think uh, my takeaway with this movie, in case anyone's wondering, my general score is I think this falls under two stars for me, which is I, uh, what is it? It was fine. Yeah, two stars. It was fine. I didn't not like it. But I also didn't like it, which is three stars. Um, and it's only two because of all of the technical craft. But I'm sort of, it's almost like I'm, I'm uh, like a Pixar rating where it's like, it's Nolan. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, grade on the curve. Like you, you can do more. So I'm going to treat you a little harsher. 
nonetheless, this movie, I think, is deeply about fatalism. And the themes of this movie are very, stated very plainly by Robert Pattinson several times, which is in a very simple line of dialogue, which is, what's happened, happened. And he says it like 14 times in the movie, and I think that's a good way to know that it's the theme, because he never stops saying it. <laughs> uh, and I think that is the theme of this movie, which is is basically the movie believes that the universe is subject to fatalism, in which you cannot change what is going to happen. What is going to happen has already happened. We just haven't had it happened yet. And even in the world of this movie, everything that's happening is because it already happened and now someone in the future is making sure that it happened. And every time you think they're making a new decision, they're actually not. So when Elizabeth Debicki jumps off the boat at the end, well, that's when we saw her jump off the boat at the end in the flashback scene when we thought it was a... a, a, a uh, whatever, when we thought it was a uh, uh, mistress. Yep. And the bomb going off already went off, and that's the bomb that we thought was the bomb, but actually it's the okay bomb, and and et cetera, et cetera, onward and onward forever. And that is a hard thing to do. I think it is very hard to make a movie about fatalism because inherently what you're telling us is none of what you're seeing matters. None of it. Because everything that has already happened has already happened. So when we see John David Washington saved in the beginning at the opera by an unknown figure in a mask, we cannot sit there and care that Robert Pattinson chose to do that because he had to have done that because he's recruited in the future by John David Washington in order to do it, which means he already did it. Mm -hmm. Like, there can be no caring. I think that's a hard thing to do. I think it is a... Maybe I respect the attempt. I don't want to say noble effort, but I, in other words, like I, I respect the goal to even try to make a movie about fatalism because I think it is an inherently you're, you're starting yourself uh, uh, in a very tough position, and I think it's possible to do that. I don't think it's possible to do it while also making us not care about your characters, and I think that is where the fault of this movie inherently mm-hmm. lies. I can choose to not care about the plot. In fact, that is an important part of the movie is you have to eventually say the plot didn't actually matter. You have mm-hmm. to literally accept that. And they tell you in the beginning of the movie uh, what what you said, one of your lines that you had a problem with. I actually really like that it was in there. I just like that they didn't ever do anything with it, which is when she says, don't try to understand it, just feel it. That would have been the right way to go if they had stuck with that premise. If they had basically said, we're not going to bother explaining this to you anymore. You just need to feel it. You need to accept it. You need to think, wow, this is so cool and go with it. But you didn't do that. Instead, you continued to try to explain the movie visually and through dialogue for the next hour and 45 minutes. And because of that, you left no time for me to actually care about Elizabeth Debicki. I don't care about her son. I never met him. I saw him from a distance. Who cares? I don't care about her. I don't care about him. I only care about Robert Pattinson because he's the most charismatic person in this movie and he's very attractive. Uh, and I really want to care about Robert, uh, jo- uh, John David Washington because he's also very attractive. But none of – I have no connection to him. I don't even know his name. He doesn't have a name. You, I, I, I think the flaw of this movie is you cannot make a movie that is about fatalism while also ascribing fatalism to your characters. You, you can't do it. it I – who cares then? Why am I even watching it? I shouldn't come away with that premise. So I think that's its fatal flaw. And I cannot believe these words are about to go out of my mouth. 
I think that's where Serenity succeeded. <laughs> this movie <laughs> failed. Serenity, for all of its goofiness, made you ki- like Matthew McConaughey loves his son. It's very evident. You you care to any degree that he figures out how to get back to his son and do that whole thing. Like, I can't believe I'm saying it, but it's you do you care to a degree, um, and you just don't care in this movie. It's just uh. not. Yeah. It's not there. So anyway, that's my shtick. Uh, I'm done. Yeah. I think you absolutely nailed it. Apart from me being so happy to hear all these compliments about Serenity with the joy of somebody who made it, (laughs) which I didn't. I'm just so happy to hear about it. Uh, I think you were spot on. Every single thing you said, I totally agree. Like, I I think my biggest issue with that damn line, which is don't try to understand it, just feel it, is, is absolutely that I was trying to do that and couldn't. Like it just didn't let me, did not give me the second. I was so angry by the end thinking about that line because I was like, well, why don't you let me then? Why don't you shut up for just one second <laughs> and yeah. let me let me feel anything that isn't confusion, I suppose. So couldn't agree more. Um, do we want to do a quick game? Please do. Throw, throw a game my way. Okay, so this is a this is a partner game. So this is great. It actually can be very crisp. Ooh. So very simple, fun game. Um, this movie has a lot of very uh, good and attractive as well cast members, right? We've got John David yep. Washington, R. Pats, Tall DeBicki, Kenneth Branagh, Dimple Kapadia, and I want to throw in Fleur Delacour for reasons I I absolutely do not know her real name for reasons that I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, know, French, Frenchy, French name. Um, I'm sure. Um. For reasons that uh, will become clear in a second. So we've got these one, two, three, four, five, six people. I want to know in in ranked order, how much do you think each of these people understood the movie? Just tell me who understood it most in order <laughs> towards who understands it least. They were all in it, uh, I'll remind you. Okay, so so it's it's did you give me every major cast member? So yeah, essentially. So we've got the two, right? Uh, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson. Yep. Then we've got the married yep. couple, Debicki and Kenneth. And then we've got uh, right. the two other women, I guess, Dimple Kapadia and Fleur Delacour. Sure. Uh, oh, Michael Caine's in this movie too. Oh, quick, yeah. quick note. He manages to bring Michael Caine in for three seconds, who plays another unknown person. Oh, he plays uh, a guy named Michael Corbin or something that's basically the same a name. A rich guy. Didn't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and anyway, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, feel free to throw them in. You know, it's, it's your ranking. Go for it. Right. Okay. So I think, weirdly enough, I actually think that Aaron Taylor Johnson totally got it. I think he was on it. <laughs> there was something about the when he's describing like the backwards and forwards thing. I was like, he gets it, man. He big brained this thing. He understood. He's like, <laughs> Do you I totally know what get acting it. Time is? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I think he did it. I'm 100%. <laughs> Um, I also think there's no chance on earth that Robert Pattinson didn't get it. I think it's the only reason he signed up for it. Dude, I that I could not possibly disagree more, by the way. He's for I think sure at Robert the bottom Pattinson of the list. He doesn't get it at all. percent understood it. He does not he get it at all. He sat there and read it while he was trying to figure out how to microwave pasta, which <laughs> Put I, if you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> please, God, listeners, Google Robert Pattinson microwave pasta. Um <laughs> please it, while he was sitting there trying to figure that out he was reading the script going yeah 100 percent, i get it uh protagonist understood no problem at all what's happened happened 
like I think what happened was that line wasn't even in it and he sent the script back and there he had like a little marker in it and every now and then he just inserted the line what's happened happened and Nolan was like damn he gets it I 100% think those are the two people that got it and I think everyone else was just doing their thing and I think at the bottom of the barrel bottom of the barrel is John David I think John David didn't I think for one instant I don't think he understood what was going on in this movie and I don't think it's his fault but I don't think he got it <laughs> Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm going to strongly hard disagree on Robert Pattinson understanding it. I think that he he galaxy brained the whole thing in that like he makes you believe that he gets it, but he doesn't get a damn thing. I don't think he got it. I still don't think he got it. I think he 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 started reading the script and decided it wasn't worth his time, and then he was faking it on set every single day. Um, which you know, good for him. <laughs> That's just consistent with my understanding of his personality. Like I don't see him as a person yep. who would have bothered to get it because it's just not. He once said that his favorite chick flick is Chicken Little, so I really don't know that. Um, um, I think I think that the, I, I threw in Fleur Delacour because she's ostensibly the person who's supposed to be explaining it to us, right? So I'm like, I would assume that she got it. That's I, I yeah. put her somewhere towards the top of getting it. Um, I think that to perform a scene where you're, you're ostensibly explaining it, you probably put in a few hours trying to read the script. I'm going to say Dimple Kapadia didn't give a shit. I don't think she needed to. Um, nope. She has a great career going for her and she doesn't need this. <laughs> she also, I was reading this interview with her in um, the Hindustan Times, which is, as you can imagine, like a huge Indian newspaper. Um, and it was like, oh, you know, like, how did you land this huge role? And it literally, she literally was like, oh, when I heard about the role, um, Nolan flew down to India and like we were talking about it. And then I just started suggesting other actors to him who I thought could do it better than me. Which is so funny. I think she just tried to not be in the movie. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I don't think she got it. Um, I think it's hilarious. I'm super with you that Aaron Taylor Johnson probably got it. Um, and I'm going to say Debicki. Where do you think she falls? Uh, I think Debicki did not get it and didn't need to get it. Because her character was confused and they basically didn't try to explain it to her <laughs> when they're when she's in the tent and they're and she's like well someone explain to me what's going on they're basically like no no nope. you're the tragic white woman in this movie you don't need to know <laughs> and she's like okay got it <laughs> and I, I i truly don't think at all i also think kenneth branagh didn't get it i just think that he can he could act his way out of anything <laughs> like i think he just he can summon the power of shakespeare and <laughs> Nah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't have to get it. I'm he also Kenneth spent Bono. all the time that he was supposed to be reading the script doing accent practice, so he just never had time to yeah, read it. Yeah, exactly. He was a little bit busy doing other stuff. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think Michael Caine definitely didn't get it. Um, in fact, I'm not 100% convinced Michael Caine knows he was in this movie. My assumption is this is like a uh, Gwyneth Paltrow like situation. A hidden, hidden camera. And if you were to ask him... <laughs> Which which uh, Christopher Nolan movie were you in? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> he was like, well, I was a professor. And then I went down and sat for dinner with John David Washington. And I think that was just for dinner. And you're like, no, that yeah, was like, actually no, no, we for were a filming movie. That. <laughs> <laughs> there were cameras. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he knows either. <laughs> Incredible. Yep. Wonderful. Thank you for conducting that exercise with me. Good game. Good game. I like that we were on opposite ends. That's important. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. I have a final galaxy brain question for you hit me based on a fan theory that i have seen is john david washington the future protagonist when he is getting his teeth pulled out it the only part of this movie that we do not return to is the opera 
is John David Washington one of the figures in the opera, essentially, is what I'm getting at. Like, it, not, not him, you know, the person we see in the van is, I think, is actually him, is past him. But is the person who we see getting there, is, the, is he actually dead? Does he die? And is that the end of the line? Oh. And you actually start by seeing in the opera, his death. Though. I don't think it includes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to I don't know how to determine that. I don't yeah. know. Where's maybe, the cutoff? Maybe. Okay. Maybe the person that we see at the opera is him. I don't know. Okay. I think uh I think it's a great theory if it's just literally the train part, like when he's on the tracks and getting his people down and he dies. I think that's wonderful. Uh I don't I'm not even bothering to think about it. I just think it would be a nice bow yep. on this movie that we get to see the end of the line in the movie. So yeah, you know, sure. I don't think it's him any moments before that though, because in the opera house, if that was future him, he would have recognized the the washer on Robert Pattinson's backpack. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I like that. Um, so somehow or other, future him ends up being the person who's getting his teeth ripped out. Yep. Don't know. Uh, <clears throat> here's where this theory comes from. I think it's stupid, but I, I do see... <laughs> I think it would be cool. I just don't think the movie supports it. But I do think it's cool. Um, basically, the idea goes that there are two important things here. One... He gets every single one of his teeth ripped out, and we are told that he wakes up in a coma on a boat, and that it's totally okay, they just did reconstruction surgery in his mouth. And he's just like, fine. He's just chill. He's just easy breezy, cover girl, beautiful, John David Washington, no problem at all, my mouth isn't even swollen, I'm not out of the game for a year and a half needing therapy in order to figure out how to like use my mouth again, nope. He just, they're like, yeah, we just gave you fake teeth, George Washington. Keep going. <laughs> like, it just, like, I, I, that, that's, that's evidence one is how on earth. Evidence two, uh, is basically just the shtick itself. Like, what, how would he even get out of there? They, they rip everything out of there. They kill his partner. Uh, or no, rather, he takes the cyanide pill and the cyanide pill happens to be fake, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. So he, he goes to take the cyanide pill. And the CIA is like, it was a test. We needed to know if you were loyal. And he's like, I totally am, you silly goose. Uh, <laughs> so <clears throat> there's that. What the, the second part of that, though, what connects to that is Kenneth Branagh has that pill at the end of the movie. That's the pill he has in his hand. He says that he got it from CIA friends or whatever. And it's because you see that the Russian guys took it from John David, right? He ends up taking yeah. his partner's cyanide pill. That is the pill he has. And oh. if the pill is fake, then he wouldn't have actually died. He could not have died, which means that the bomb wouldn't have actually gone off and none of it would have mattered, which goes back to that fatalism idea right. is that he wouldn't have actually died, right? So uh, he goes to take the pill. Uh, uh, what I'm getting at is... That means that John David went to take his partner's pill uh, knowing that it is either fake or real. I'm not sure. But the the idea being that the, him having the pill and the first thing I talked about are the evidence. The other piece of evidence is the line of dialogue from Aaron Taylor at the end of the movie where he says that basically um, until we're all dead, then it won't be safe or whatever. You know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about? Where he's yeah, like, yeah. once we're dead, then we're good to go. 
And I guess Aaron Taylor doesn't matter enough to show his death, but we know how Robert Pattinson dies. We see it. Um, and we don't see John David. So the idea being that you actually start the movie by seeing John David die. Yep. And that is how that uh, all kicks off or whatever. I think the biggest piece of evidence against this is that when he wakes up on the boat, he remembers everything. I don't know how the hell that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, that's not possible. How does he remember it? <laughs> I don't know. He wakes up and he's like, man, remember when the Russian were tearing my teeth out? That sucked. I don't know how. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But just so everyone knows, <laughs> so funny. that's the fan theory. I don't know. I kind of like it. I think the other piece of evidence I have against this is the end of the movie very much felt like sequel bait. I know Nolan's not big on that outside of his franchise, but... The way that they're like, we have a lot more adventures, and Robbie P. looks longingly into John David's eyes, and the fan fiction begins to write itself, uh, <laughs> yeah. it really felt like it was sequel bait, where they're like, guess what? We're going to future the crap out of this movie. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I don't think he dies. But anyway, that's the fan theory. Uh, you know what? We didn't talk about this entire movie. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about Tenet, like the word Tenet. Yeah. Did you see this? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. So Tenet is a tenet is obviously a palindrome yep however tenet is also another thing tenet tenet is like a uh what the hell is it called a sator square it's called a sator square and like the example the earliest i don't know it's the earliest i'm gonna say it's the earliest example of a sator square the reason it's called that is because the word sator appears in this square which is a five by five square with letters in it have you seen this yes 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 okay great yes so the words in the square are sator like right? arepo, arepo tenet yeah. opera and rotas yes by the way every one of those words shows up in this movie because yeah, nolan the opera house it's galaxy brain himself company. he's like this is gonna be the smartest thing Sator's in the world name. yeah 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 yep. And uh, uh, a repo is the, the the Rotas is the security company. Yeah. Yep. But the whole point of this 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 thing, this twenty five letter thing, is that if you read it horizontally, the words spell out Sator Arepo Tenet Opera Rotas. If you read it vertically, left to right, Sator Arepo Tenet Opera Rotas. Like what? it's the same. No matter what you do, it reads the same way. And that is the best explanation. I think that's a great place to end because I want you all to understand that that is this movie. Like, that's the only reason this movie exists. I swear to God, that's gotta be it. Is he <laughs> saw this and he was like, I'm gonna make a movie in which the movie itself is a Sator Square. And that's it. That's the whole thing. It's just meant to be a shtick. It's just meant to be, no matter how you watch it, it's going backwards and forwards or whatever. Like, that's that's the whole thing. Oh, damn, <laughs> I guess. It doesn't actually have any... I don't think it has a deeper meaning. I don't think it has like a... I don't think there's some big philosophical... I truly think it's just like wouldn't this be cool if I managed to make a movie out of this puzzle? And then he did it. <laughs> yeah. That could have been the entire episode. Yep. Yep. So anyway, that's the Sator Square. Uh, well, this has been Tenet. Um, or, or this will be it. Tenet. It will be. This will have been Tenet. Yeah. Uh, or this would, will, this would, could be Tenet. I this don't know. This will have uh, been yeah. Tenet in the future. Yeah. Good luck watching it. Uh, listeners, um, please let us know uh, how you feel about it. Let us know your questions so that we can commiserate with you. We would love to uh, to hear what you are confused by. Um, you can let us know, of course, on uh, Twitter at AYSWPod. Uh, we would love if you tweeted us there with your questions. Also, uh, if you'd like to tell us what you thought Robert Pattinson's hottest outfit was. I think that's another important Yeah, rank important the suits. Send us suit um, ranking. Yeah, very important. 
Uh, you could also let us know on Patreon at patreon.com slash AYSW. Uh, although I think maybe even an easier way would be if you wanted to rate us on iTunes or Spotify or or uh, Casper Mattress or any of the other areas <laughs> in which you can find podcasts. And if you leave a review, you could put in that review what you think Robert Pattinson's hottest suit was. And that'll help other people find us so they can also be confused by this episode. Incredible. And that's really our goal. Just like Christopher Nolan, our goal is to confuse you. Uh, yeah, this has been great, as always. Hmm. Oh, you know what? I, I am going to plug something. I'm going to plug something. Uh, this is going to be our first ever TikTok plug. I know that sounds confusing to people, but there's a really good TikTok if you're interested in movies. Um, oh, hell's bells, Trudy. Uh, it is... <laughs> uh, Hang on a minute. Hold a minute. Keep listening, listeners. Don't you turn it off. I, I'll tenant you so fast. I will time dilation you. Um, where is it? It's uh, basically this woman who does... Uh, 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 she does like scene breakdowns. And it's honestly very interesting. I found it. It is at Vintage Raven Dreams. At Vintage Raven Dreams dreams on tiktok um and she does a really interesting uh 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 scene breakdown of different stuff uh the one that i that i first saw that i really liked was about the mummy um basically the midpoint climax of the mummy in which brendan frazier uh and rachel weiss are arguing with each other um and how they the scene is staged so that you understand how they're like basically their arguments are being framed by how the scene is actually staged and how they move in that space. It's really accessible. She does a really great job of using accessible language, making it very obvious. She covers all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm seeing Parasite, The Mummy, uh, Cruel Summer, um, New Girl, uh, shout out to New Girl, uh, Madagascar 3. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. Also, they're frankly just... Not, I'm not super involved in this world, but there are not that many people that have like huge visibility, uh, that many black women in film, like that do film studies and things like that, that have huge visibility. There are plenty of people out there. You just have to find them and it is difficult to do so. Uh, the woman who runs this account identifies a black woman and it's, you know, it's just good. Good to support folks who are not the same white guys on YouTube doing film analysis. So uh, highly recommend checking it out. Um, really, really good TikTok. One of my new favorite accounts. Hmm. Quality plug. That's my plug. Will follow. Yeah. Good stuff. Or you already did. Hey, you know, if you actually wow. listen to this episode and you got, <laughs> you got this far into it, then you probably care about what I'm going to say about Tenet because you got, again, you got this far into it. Isn't it weird how at, at the beginning they're all like, hey, so normal oxygen can't mix with like backwards oxygen. So you need your own oxygen, yeah. right? But then like at different yeah. points in the movie, it just does and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it's the, It was just their visual way of making sure that you can tell who's backwards. I think that's really all it was. They're like, if you see a mask on, it's because they're backwards. Um, yeah, the reasoning was stupid, but whatever. Okay, good. I, uh, the stupider one, I think, is if you light on fire, you actually freeze. Yeah, that, but the thing is, in that part, there's also fire in that scene. I'm like, shouldn't, that there, shouldn't that then become ice? I don't ice? think that makes sense at all. I don't think, like, the opposite of fire isn't ice. It's not ice. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the Somebody watched of fire. Avatar like, and was like, I understand yeah, science. You can't undo fire to be ice. They're completely different, like, 
molecules. Like they're not at all the same thing. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, chemistry works. <laughs> that's a good way to end it. We're going to end it by jumping back into the podcast. Yep. Uh, just like Tenet. We're just going to end it suddenly. Yep. Tenet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>